Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. We have to apologize. It's absolutely Josh's fault. We've been off for a few weeks. I blame him 100%, and you should ridicule him in the comments below. Josh, last episode, we asked people to comment down below and ask uh, and tell us who carried more shows. And you know what the verdict was, Josh? You want to guess what the verdict was? Split vote. Split vote. Split vote, because literally nobody commented. That's absolutely <laughs> embarrassing for us. A split vote of zero zero. So congrats to this show for just being top quality content that people want to engage with. So if you're out there, if you're listening, if you got anything you want to tell us, hit us up in the comments. We read them. We want to talk about that stuff desperately. And we need it because we've got nothing going on. So we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we got a couple of Dalhousie Tigers. I feel like that's the mascot. It still is. Dalhousie Tigers coming at you. We got Bella Noble and Luke Rideout. Welcome to the show, both of you. How are you doing? What is up? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, super, super excited to be back out here. I was out with Josh on Passing Dimes a couple the A show ago. But back Did you say again. the A show, Josh? Um, you shut up and let Luke talk. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, I'm skipping an emergency boat ride to be here today, and uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. Wait, wait a minute. Is that a throwback reference to a previous episode, Luke? Did you say that on purpose? It, it might be. It might be. We'll see. I guess. No, we need to know, Luke. We like we can't just let that hang there. It it is in fact. I Let's am, uh, go, Josh. When you Let's guys uh, go. say uh, shout out to the the one listener. Uh, I get real happy in my car rides because I, I am that one listener. Luke, welcome to the show. You deserve to be on here. Okay, yes. Glad you're missing the emergency boat trip. So it's obviously not that big an emergency to be missing it. So welcome to the show, both of you. Um, and I really don't like that you called uh, Pass and Dimes the A-Show. It just really, just really hits me in the heart. So you both can watch it and everybody should go watch that episode. Or can you watch it, Josh? Can you just confirm? Can you watch those? No, no, it's just audio only. Oh, okay. So which is really the A-show? We'll let you decide. Comment down below. <laughs> uh, we'll get nobody. Um, okay. Let's jump right into it. So, Bella, Luke, uh, sit tight for a second because we just got to do a quick recap, Josh. We're not going to belabor the point, but we had a beach volleyball tournament. I don't know if you guys know what beach volleyball is. It's a sport that's played on sand with a volleyball, and they, you know, it's in weather and stuff like that. So we had some results. There was a tournament in Doha, Qatar. Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know who did what and what their places were? You should. Well, You're Megan the and Nicole got our top result. I believe they took a fifth. Uh, Sam and Dan took a ninth. Jake and Russ were 25th. We had a couple of women lose in the qualifiers, so that's probably worth a 33rd. And then Amanda and Alina, I'm going to say... Ooh, I, I don't know. It was a main draw result, but now that it's a pool of 24, is it at a 19th? You know what? It doesn't matter because snaps for Josh on the results there. Are you kidding me, Josh? I mean, pretty good job. So if you missed that, check it out on the site. It's really not that difficult to read. It absolutely is. I struggled to figure it out. So thanks for updating us, Josh. Congrats to the teams who got the big results. Um, do you two know or follow any of those teams or know anything we just talked about? A little bit. Uh, uh okay so obviously our listeners are getting the impression uh, of the internet uh, out there. you guys post that other volleyball accounts 
at Dalhousie, like the internet quality. Can you guys figure out your internet, please? I don't know what you're doing over there in the Eastern Conference and what's going on there. But if it's a potato hooked up to some wires, can you just wiggle it a little bit to just make it so? Um, I, well, it's I literally that. going across the country right now, Gary. With you being a Vancouver guy, I feel like if you were still in Ontario, it would be a shorter signal and it would be working really well. That's how the internet works, right? It's based on distance. You know what? Shut up, Josh. Um, so thanks for that. All right, moving on to our topics, because really nobody cares about any of this nonsense. So let's jump into our topics. So I figured we should start with, I'm not sure what we should start with. I have three topics I really want to cover with you guys today, but I figure we'll start with this. Josh has chirped relentlessly the Eastern Conference in the Canadian University sport. I think, Josh, and I'm, I'm going to try to quote you here and get this correctly. I think you said they were irrelevant um they didn't matter and they they can't compete in and i'm paraphrasing a little bit there so i just want to get your immediate reaction to that absolute blasphemous comment from josh and can you defend yourself at all well first of all i'm wondering why we're here then if we're irrelevant i mean it's a great question josh do you have i mean why are they here Maybe, Garrett. Maybe I'm just trying to stir up some controversy, be the villain, be like Charles Barkley or Stephen A. Smith and just get people talking. So maybe I'm just picking a side where really I love the East Coast. Well, it's clearly not working because we have no commenters. But uh, <laughs> so comment down below. Let us know you're there. Is the Eastern Conference irrelevant? I mean, Josh says yes. Do we have any rebuttal? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many talented volleyball players coming from the East Coast. If you look at our provincial programs, we've been doing well over the past few years. The AUS, the RSEQ, Dalhousie, I'm not biased. But in the players that we've produced, you okay. see Courtney Baker, who's on the national team this summer. Yeah, let's name them. There's Courtney Baker, Courtney Baker, Courtney Baker, Bella Noble, Courtney Baker. Like, we've named all the players, I think, Garrett. Wow, but yeah, here's the tough thing is I don't even know who that is. Um, and I, I think Bella is on the show, right? This is... Bella, that's who you're talking about? This is the one we're talking about. Okay, okay yeah, got it. Sorry. Um, yeah, maybe that's a, a, a subtle chirp there. But, um, but how are we going to solve this? Like, do they have to just name a bunch of players who are good from that division who we've heard of? Like, is that the metric? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, then, who you got? <laughs> uh, Anna Dunsuin. No, not She's you, not Josh. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, you? You said that. No, not you. No, let him keep going. He's defending his own point. Well, right, here's my go. issue, Garrett, is when Dalhousie does well, it's typically because there's an Ontario cat on the team like Matt Donovan or Sander Ratsip, like Jason Trapania. Like, you just go down the line and it's like, oh, thank goodness for the province of Ontario for making Dalhousie really good. Yeah, but why would they come here if they thought the conference was really weak? If they're such good players, why wouldn't they go play in, say, Canada West, OUA? I think some people like to be a big fish. I don't know about that. They, so it sounds in the like OUA, they'd rather go play there. No, they'd rather go to Dalhousie and get set forty balls and score thirty-eight. When was the last time an OUA team won U Sports? Very good question. Uh well, U of T women, right? Oh, on the women's side, it's way okay, more yeah. with U of T or Ryerson women's on the side, men's okay. side. Oh, we got to go back a ways. I'm just. And that's no shots. Respect for all all divisions, but uh, I just I think it's it's longer ago than uh, than IRSCQ, right? Like 
Sherbrooke's a bronze medalist this year. OUA teams didn't make it past the quarters. Oh, is Dalhousie piggybacking on the province of Quebec? Yeah, now? I was just about to say, like, now that those two divisions are one, now are we okay to be like, hey, We're look at now. all the things Quebec Laval, is doing. We got Sherbrooke, we got Montreal. <laughs> is that the argument, though? Because if it is, is it? I, like, I, I see it that way now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you have it, Josh. You know what? I got to respect the grimy argument because I would probably do the exact same thing if if I were in their position. I'd be like, Ma, look at our division. It's got all Laval, a long history. Like, our division is huge. I'd be doing the same thing. Okay, but... be the best. Well, the big fish thing by Josh is kind of an interesting comment as well because, like... I, I don't see that ever happening, though. Who did that? I'm just going to say it because I know he plays Clivers and he's big into the beach community. Matt Donovan, I don't think is an OUA all-star, but was the best player in the AUS. There, said it. I don't know, listeners, the faces on the cameras are shocked. <laughs> um, it's not coming through the audio quality, but I'll just describe it to you. The the two Dallasy folks are at a loss for what to say. There's no rebuttal here. They're thinking. Yeah, I might have to hand this one over to Luke. Luke might know a little better than I am, or than I do. He's kind of the third middle on his club team, Garrett, and then all of a sudden he's the best left side in the AUS. I just I don't I'm trying to connect the dots here. I'm trying to be fair, Garrett. I'm actually not. I'm going really heavy on one side, but I'm just trying to understand the argument. Is all I'm saying. Third middle with London Fire, best left side in the AUS. It, it doesn't connect Hold me. on. Did you I invite these I two guests on just you know, to bury you them? You never got to see him. You brought up the topic attacking lead, me, so I, I don't know how it's justifiable. <laughs> it's not. It's Josh just going hard. And we, we never get Josh going hard, and we need to double down on it. I think if we've never seen major improvement in players throughout their five years at the U Sports level, I think that would be a lie to say that, right? I think... I think everyone goes through through spans uh, of improvement, and I think it's it's quite possible that, yeah, like he was a third middle in an 18U club, but I I don't think 18U club teams win U Sports national championships. I think it's much different players five years later. I think they could win AUS championships. I mean, interesting point by Luke though, trying to go on the like, <laughs> hey. Came here the process. Group. He's going the process yeah. route. I, is that not the anthem of like loser teams right now? The 76ers have been riding the process for like eight years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for our audience out there, I think we can all see Josh's ploy here. Brought two of the nicest people out here who really don't cut deep at all and then just buried them about their division um, with really no answer because they're trying to be nice. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, that, that clearly was your plan, Josh. Ah. Uh... No, I, I feel like you brought up this topic and you put me on one side of the argument. So now I've just dug in and been really stubborn, even though maybe there was opportunities to go the other way, Garrett. But now I'm in too deep. I can't. I can't now. Guys, help me out here. I'm trying to get on the opposite side of Josh, but it's getting increasingly difficult. Well, I think you just look at the players who are coming to the AUS now and the teams that are being produced in the Maritimes. If you look on the women's side this year, there's been... There was three teams in the AUS in the top 10 ranked. There was Dalhousie, SMU, and Acadia all at three different times in the top 10. That's got to show that something has changed. Like the AUS is, has been getting stronger over the years. And these players from other provinces are starting to come into the AUS. 
and make the volleyball better. Maybe we don't have the strongest players in the AUS or just in the provinces because of population. If you look at Ontario, there's obviously going to be 50 players who are one. But if we're getting maybe 10 of those players to come to the AUS, our conference is getting stronger and we're going for runs at national championships. We're being ranked. And I think that's just making our conference so much stronger. Pretty holistic argument there, Josh. I mean, there's it an- is. It's a little surface level, though. Can we name some names oh, here? Oh, come on. Name some names. What do you... Like, what gosh. teams are challenging for a national championship? I'm just curious. You were all on the Sherbrooke guys this year. Yeah, I'm riding that wagon for sure. But she said AUS, Garrett. The, the women have their own conference in the AUS. Okay, yeah, wait. We do have so what? she can't piggyback off of, like, Laval and Montreal and those schools. Like, she has to stay in her own conference. They have a six-team division. Yeah, absolutely. And we're having more players. Like, if you look at Taylor Columbine, who was on Acadia Women's Volleyball, she was our AUS Player of the Year. I think she was the run for National Player of the Year. Corey White was obviously great on Alberta, but I think she could have easily had that spot too. And if she was at Nationals, I think she would have turned heads and people would have realized, like, oh, the AUS is strong, just like they did when they saw us. We have Julie Moore, Vic Turco, uh, Sarah Daw. We had strong teams. We were in contention for those big games. We just need to execute and win when it matters at nationals. Can we just say, though, and confirm for me, because I don't know if our listeners know this, the women's division has six teams in the AUS, and the men's has three, now zero, because it's all one. Is yes. that correct? We, we used to have three. We, we now actually only have two. So, wait, hold the phone. We're trying to defend a division here that has six women's teams and only two men's teams? Yeah. What's going on with those four schools who run a women's team and not a men's team? What are they doing? They're running a football program, man. (laughs) Luke is definitely bitter about that. That hit home somewhere. <laughs> okay. Well, there was an obvious argument that we were missing, Josh. So I'm going to help you out because when uh, Bella mentioned about the uh, top 10, we've been through the top 10. And I wonder if the system would weigh in favor of those teams. And I don't know. The coaches used to vote, right? I don't. They don't anymore. We still don't know how they do that, right? ELO or something. ELO, yeah. So on the SCQ, the sharp cuts quotient, um, how would the Eastern Division... I'm going to say that because there's there's two, there's three divisions we're talking about here, though. Right? It sounds like Bella has Acadia number one in the preseason ranking, is what I'm hearing. For AUS? No, no, U Sports. No, absolutely not. <laughs> da- oh, Dalhousie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, I okay. thought it was the school with the most Ontario kids would be number one. Sorry, I must have got confused what we were talking about. No, I can't say that. Okay. Dalhousie, pretty strong. With Nova Scotia kids, too. So. Nice. Well, we've named some names here. I'm not sure that it's really... Comment down below who came out ahead here. And, and if anybody has any defense of the Eastern Divisions here in Canadian Volleyball, we need to hear it in the comments. And we got to throw it in Josh's face next episode. So please help us out there because I got nothing. But uh, 
I say that and yet people are going to be burying them <laughs> in the comments or we'll get nothing, obviously. So, um, but on this, in the spirit of naming names, it's time for unclear whose favorite segment it is. Players of the week and clowns of the week. So let's get to it. We, this is our segment where we surprise our guests and we've already learned that Luke is a potential listener. So he's maybe ready to go well in advance um, of this episode, but where we each pick a player of the week to shout out for a good reason and a clown of the week to sh- shout out for a bad reason. Um, so we'll start with the players of the week. So I don't know who wants to start. Why don't we put Josh on the spot because he's been so salty so far today. So Josh, what do you got? So you, you didn't mention Norseka results at the top there, Garrett. We talked about Doha, but did you know they took a second Sora Glago, they win a silver at a, a Cuba Norseka. How you doing, Garrett? They had homeroom on Tuesday because they're still in high school winning international medals. So those are my players of the week. Emma Glago, Ruby Sora winning a Canadian international medal. And yeah, they had homeroom on Tuesday when they got back to school. Congratulations, silver medal on the international circuit. I mean, absolutely. That's an awesome player of the week, Josh. And I mean, it's two of them. So if you had to, would you pick one of them or are you, you going to go with two? Well, thanks to Narsika, though, I didn't see any highlights, any stats, any clips. It would be a, a coin toss, Garrett. So it's a okay. tie. Well, I mean, congrats to them. Damn. So they, they like, fly home, head to class. Like, <laughs> like silver it's medal. It's a performance athlete. Yeah. Like, get into class. Yeah, wow. Um, I mean, good for them. Okay, well, in the same spirit, I'm also picking two players of the week. Um, and my players of the week are Megan and Nicole McNamara for a big fifth place at the FIVB um, challenger in Doha, Qatar. I mean, that's not an easy place to play. It is super hot during the day, and playing at night is always weird. But to go out there and get a fifth, and not just a fifth, Josh. They get a big win in the round of 16, but then they're in it with Barbara and Carol of Brazil, who go on to win the tournament, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, they beat Germany. Yeah, I think they go the to final. win the tournament, so yeah. that's not a bad result at all. I don't think you'd be upset with that when you fight a hot team in the quarterfinal. That's how it goes, so... Congrats to them as well. Women's beach volleyball seems like it's in good hands. Um, not that these two guests know anything about that. So let's throw it over to these two for the players of the week. Who wants to start? I can start it off. I'm giving it to Joanna Wolos, who's a Polish setter. They just won the Italian championship, Amoka Volley. And I'm not biased, but I totally am. She's a setter. She had a lights out game in their final game against, I think it was Monza. And just in that whole series just incredible to watch incredible great like job running the offense Hold on. this is a volleyball show garrett why are we so shocked that she's just like naming names at least no no we this is shocking that's why yes. because it is shocking that bella follows pro like you you know a person's name who plays on a pro team you know a result and enough yeah. to watch a series you watch the series absolutely like what, what are you, you some sort of volleyball fan or something you can say that. I mean, I'm a fan, I guess. That's how weird is that? <laughs> no, what I kind of volleyball people in Canada actually follow volleyball? <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, congrats. I missed her name as well because I was just so shocked. What was her name? <laughs> Joanna Wolos. She's a Joanna Wolos. Is she Canadian? No, Polish. Okay, so she's Polish. Uh, like, Josh. <laughs> I mean, can we see highlights? Like, can we watch this? Well, I'm sure you could if you have volumetrics. Go. I was going to say, there it is. There Stop it. it. Is. It's on volumetrics. No, this is not yes. a good thing. <laughs> I need to get on volumetrics. Somebody give me an account. Send you me the account, volumetrics. login information. 
I need some of that. He might be the only that. one on this call who doesn't have access to Volumetrics. I think he's on a little bit of the outside right now. Yeah, somebody comment down below a login. I need to use it to get, to get into Volumetrics so I can see some actual volleyball because right now I'm struggling. Wow. Wow. That's well, how crazy. would I have it? I don't know. Maybe work with the team. No. I'm a no-name, washed-up, non-affiliated. Yeah, not even a Perfbook account for you? <laughs> Wait, a what account? That sounded like a chirp. Perfbook is like not the Canadian database that, like, uh, Lionel, the Canadian men's scout, is, is set up. And he's been nice enough to, I think, every program now in Canada is on Perfbook. Where maybe I could ask for a favor, Gary, get you on there. Does that have the same thing? Like, I don't understand. Kinda. Like, I can see games? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we need to get our fans some of that action, too, because nobody... If you don't have that, you're not watching volleyball, it sounds like. Well, I was just going to say, whoa, 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 we just can't get everybody a login. But if you're listening, we can probably get you a login. <laughs> yeah, like, what are we saying? Everybody. No, like, the 10 people listening right now. We'll get you... Let's get them a login. Well, no, you got to get me a login first, Josh. Stop it. If you get our listeners a login before me, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. Okay, sorry, Luke. We're distracting. You got a player of the week here, and it better not be related to Volumetrics, or I'm going to be pissed. Uh, neither of mine are going to be related to Volumetrics, so that's great news. Um, I I have a, a tiebreaker uh, right now. Well, it's real tough. Gotta, so you're going to break the tie, and then we're going to pick the, your player of the week, or you're just picking? Two? Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have a vote here on the show. Wait, um, hold on. <laughs> what? New host, Luke. Yeah, like, <laughs> No, Make up a new segment. The way the segment's gonna go today. So, uh, not stopping. Two huge <laughs> things uh, accomplished. Uh, two two Dal Tigers. Uh, one of them named head coach of the next gen Final Six team, uh, Dan Oda. That's a pretty huge deal. So right now he's currently coaching, going to start up coaching that team, uh, prepping for that. He's coaching the Nova Scotia Canada Games uh, women's team, and he's coaching our our Dal team. So. That's three teams on the go. That's pretty heavy. Uh, MVP candidate, I'd say for sure. Um, and then number two, so uh, an East Coast boy playing in East Coast League, uh, Derek Jackham. So we had our first team meeting on Monday night uh, for the 2022-2023 season. What? Um, it's May. Yeah. That's that's what the way we do things here on the East Coast, man. That's they start early out there, Josh. It's a tough league. Okay, go on. Top um, league. They start so in May. We we had a uh, a Monday night meeting at uh, nine, so most of the boys are uh, you know getting in for the night, a little sleepy, and. Uh, Derek Jackham, my boy, shows up fully dressed in, in a sweater vest, and he took just a ton of heat from the team on that. But I thought he looked really good. was the best-dressed guy there. So he's, uh, he's my player of the week. <laughs> okay, so, so we got a vote, though, between Dan Oda and the sweater vest guy. Derek. Derek. Or Diesel. Or Big D, whatever you want to call him, but uh, he's, he's the okay. man. Well, both are Big D, it sounds like, because we have Big Dan Oda. And Big D sweater vest. So, I mean, I know who my vote's going for. It's sweater vest Derek. Like, how, how, are we, how are we going anywhere else, all right? That's my vote. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go the same. Well, Diesel. Josh doesn't matter, and I love it when Josh doesn't matter. Um, now, we need, to, we need to rewind, though, because did you just tell us a story? Let me just make sure I have this correct. A Monday night, 9, 9 p.m.? 9 p.m. meeting on a Monday night in May for the next year's season with your team at Dalhousie. Some of the guys, like, the school just ended. Like some of the guys maybe doing summer courses Monday, and a guy walks in Derek with a full sweater vest, like he's a university Dude. professor. Worse, worse, it was a Zoom meeting, so you could have worn pajamas. Like it was, it was online. <laughs> we could have worn whatever. And he's he was ready to go, man. Pitch black, just like my room is right now, out back, and he is fully suited up, looking real, real good. Like, okay. The Monday 9 p.m. Zoom meeting, Derek is ready to go in sweater vest. Not not joking, like not sarcastically. Oh, no, 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 no. He's actually going to be very hurt that you just said that. He, uh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure he, uh. <laughs> no, I meant no offense, Derek. You, you get my vote. Like, yes, a worthy player of the week, like. I mean, suiting up for a team meeting in May at 9 p.m. for a league that doesn't start for another six months? Absolutely wear a sweater vest. Like, why not? I, I need to confirm, though. It, Bella, is your team having team meetings in May? Uh, we haven't had any yet, but I'm sure we'll probably have one in the coming, like, two weeks. Well they're listening to you josh they got to get a real head start if they want to try to compete with the other divisions it sounds like holy that's an epic story they go hard out there eh, josh out there out east eh? and i i respect it okay do we, do we need to cover anything on that topic because i mean that was i'm still in a bit of shock i think i found my way back i was pretty lost for a second but i think i found my way back that was okay good. i mean yeah you were look you were looking a bit lost throughout that um <laughs> Congrats to Dan Oda, by the way. Yeah, being named. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, three teams? Come on, though. I mean, it's national teams. Josh coaches one. Anybody could do it. Um, moving on. Okay, to Clowns of the Week. Um, okay, so <laughs> Clowns of the Week. Now, Josh, why don't you go first again? Is yours good? Is yours juicy? Mine is incredibly selfish, Garrett. So, Fisu Games, Garrett. Let's set the scene. It was supposed to be in Lake Placid, New York. Great sport town, Hold the on. history, the legacy, driving distance from Toronto. So they were supposed to host FISU games the end of August. Periodization dream, Garrett. It was going to be the week after Nationals. Other federations are calling us going, oh, we could train with USA Volleyball, but it looks like Toronto Centre in Toronto is only five hours away. What a great opportunity to meet other international coaches, host them. Maybe some were going to try to register for Nationals. It was unbelievably perfect, Garrett. I I'm lost. Today, I I'm lost. No, I'm lost. Today they announced that they're going to move the event to Brazil and it's going to be a week later. So so all these plans, all this periodization, all the perfection that just came together for FISU games, gone. Gone in an email. I'm broken. Okay. Did either of you two catch that? <laughs> Not at all, no. I, I speak Josh. I think I speak... locations on it, man. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think I speak Josh, though. So I think I understand what's happening here. So the event was going to be in Toronto. No, it was going to be in Lake Placid, New York, which is like a drive for us. Like... We could train in Toronto all summer and then just get in like a, a, a Dodge Caravan and take the boys to the, the FISA Games, Garrett. Right. So they moved it to Brazil, the beach volleyball, you know, where in Brazil? Yeah, good question. Not driving distance. Yeah, okay. I mean, not, not driving distance, though. I mean, you could. 
But is that, anything driving distance? That's an so who's the clown here? Fisu? Fisu. Fisu for changing my dreams, Garrett. Even if Volleyball Canada didn't have an allowance to send me to the event, I could self-budget and make Lake Placid, New York work. I can't self-budget and make Brazil work. I think Bella and Luke, you're getting a, a real first-hand sense of how we pick the clowns on this show. It's really just a selfish calling out people who've wronged <laughs> us. And I think I'm also evidence of that, calling out people who don't subscribe to the show. So Josh calling out an entire division for changing the location of their tournament, um, which I fully support, Josh. Fisu, what are you thinking? Give your head a frickin' shake. So uh, I, I support you, Josh. Um, okay. I'll go next to give you two just a little bit more time to really think long and hard about who you're going to call out and which bridges you're going to be burning. Um, This one, my clown of the week, though, needs some confirmation because I'm really not sure. So I'm going to ask a question. Josh, does Canada, men and or women's volleyball beach, have any teams registered in the upcoming Futures Tournament in Madrid, Spain? No, I don't believe so. That's an absolute clown of the week to Team Canada Beach Volleyball right there. We got a futures tournament with not a single team registered from Canada in Spain. Madrid. Are you kidding me? Like, it's a beautiful location. And I checked the points, Josh. Some of our women could have gotten into the qualifier and maybe main draw. We have teams who played in Doha. Don't say, oh, yeah, Doha. We have teams play in Doha who are also in the Spain tournament. And it's on our way home. I don't know how that is excusable in any sense. You guys got to agree with me. Well, Garrett, if I can just intercept your strange argument here. You cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Am I I crazy here, Bella and Luke? Or is that, am I right to call out Team Canada Beach Volleyball? I think that's insane. I think there has to be at least somebody in that tournament. Thank you. I, like, I need to understand why. Like, if I could get a little reasoning. Luke, enough of this fence sitting nonsense here. You're listening too much to Josh. <laughs> okay, Josh, explain to us how this may not be an epic clown of the week fail. Well, we've discussed this on previous episodes, Garrett, where the futures are actually pay to play. So you go to a city like Madrid, there's no way you're making enough prize money, even if you win the tournament to cover that trip. Also, there's a challenger the following week in Turkey. So what a lot of teams did was they went to Doha. Now they're in training camp. So Sam and Dan are, uh, I believe, in Italy right now prepping. And then they're going to go to the Turkey Challenger where you can actually play for points and money and, you know, try to make a living off our sport. And this weekend, we have two teams of each gender in an Orsica in La Plaza, Mexico, which is... An easier trip for Canadians, so that's not a pay-to-play tournament. If they do well, they can actually make a profit. So you're looking at this beautiful location in isolation. You're not looking at the whole tournament schedule to kind of see where Norsecas are 80% less points than a future. So again, if they have a better result, it's easier to finish higher in a Norseca than it is to finish in a future. So if you're just looking to get the most bang for your buck, that's why there's not a lot of Canadian teams because they're either the higher-end teams like Sophie and Brandy, and all those teams are prepping for Turkey. Megan and Nicole, I imagine, are in Turkey, Sam and Dan. And then you got guys like Jake and Russ, who are in Mexico, uh, Anna and Anna, who are in Mexico. So you're just kind of not seeing the forest for the trees right now. You're just looking at one tournament in isolation. I, I absolutely am, and I stand by it. I mean, <laughs> back, back to Bella's point, like, there's got to be somebody, like, somebody, right? Like, the teams who didn't earn that Mexico opportunity, the teams who aren't going to Turkey, at least register, like, to play in a freaking tournament. Like, 
get your name on the list, like get a chance. Like how often are you going to play in a freaking tournament? Like you, you, you throw your name in the hat. I got to think, but maybe I'm crazy with that. Luke, you've heard the explanation. Well, we also have the, the summer next gen tryouts. So we have 39 dudes tried on the guy's side, over 30 women. So I'd say people are just a little busy this week, Garrett. Yeah. You strategically booked that during a tournament, didn't you? No, we deliberately booked it after exams and NCAA was over, but before like the long weekend and we lose the whole month of May All and right. stuff like, Luke, yeah. you've heard the arguments. I'm going to throw the vote back to you. Get off the fence, Luke. Is this a valid clown of the week or an invalid clown of the week? No, definitely a good good clown of the week, I'd say. Let's uh, go! Uh, <laughs> yes, take it, Josh. And listen, the fans are at home going, okay, the fans at home, if they have FIVB TV or whatever, they can't watch our teams play in Mexico. They can't watch these other things. They want to see volleyball. Let's see our teams play. Anyway. You know, Garrett, I, I just accuse you of not seeing the forest for the trees, but now I see what you're up to and I don't like it. The order or the agenda we're following, you made me attack the East first. So now no matter what I say, no matter what logic I bring, Bella and Luke are not going to agree with me because you've just set, it for, set me up for failure. Yeah, I, I 100% did, and I'm not going to be shy about that, and you're absolutely screwed, so just take it. Okay, moving over to Clown of the Week, and it's Bella and Luke, over to you two. Feel free to name Josh as your Clown of the Week for chirping the Eastern Division after that. I mean, you're welcome to. It can even be a bonus Clown of the Week just to throw him some shade. We're fine with that. So who wants to start? I'll, uh, I'll actually go first because, you know, you read my mind. I just... I wasn't originally planning on this one, but I am going to name Josh as Clown of the Week. Um, just for a few reasons, not just because I'm bitter, um, but overall, for a few weeks ago, absolutely hopping on the Sherbrooke bandwagon. He coaches some of those guys, and now all of a sudden, they're they're no good. There's zero respect. Like I don't I don't know quite what they'd have to do to 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 earn the respect in the East Coast. Um, and that's the one time he doesn't fence it, right? I just think <laughs> it's punishing him. That sucks. Um, I do feel for him a little bit. I'm proud he, he got out of his comfort zone. I'm, I'm a little bit weirded out that it took two kind, small-town Nova Scotian kids for him to stop fence-sitting. But uh, also, I want to make him clown of the week for the fact that he's trying to grow his podcast has two East Coast kids on and immediately <laughs> shuts down the East Coast as if that's going to grow the game of volleyball. And like, that's actually hilarious to me. Also, can't even do his research. I guarantee the only reason he brought up Matt Donovan was because that's the only name he knows. And maybe that's shots once again on the East Coast. But I mean, Johnny McDonald, uh, Brian Rourke, Malachi Shannon, Andrew Arsenal, some other names we could we could have had on there for sure. Oh my God, <laughs> Josh, take it, <laughs> take it, Josh. Comment below if you know one of those players, please. Oh, yeah, holy, I, I set you up. You and I know, really I'll comment, go I'll go Brian comment, Duquette. man. Like, I think you really wanted to go Brian Duquette, but then you're like, oh no, he's kind of like a Strathroy London area guy, <laughs> so I can't name him. So, you know, you had to go really down the Rolodex there. I, 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 that, this is killing me. Luke, like you went off a bit. Like you, that was like we were saving up, but I de we definitely started with the Josh thing. And you know, then my it's Canadian geography isn't that strong here, but I didn't realize the province of Quebec was part of the Maritimes now. He keeps saying the East, like we're supposed to like inherit that Quebec is part yeah, of the Maritimes. Hey, hey, 
He, they are, and they do. I mean, hey, comment down below. Settle it for us. So he's got two <laughs> strategies. He's trying to cut me off at the knees to make himself feel taller, and he's also trying to stand on the shoulders of Laval and Sherbrooke to make himself feel taller. So it's an interesting argument, Garrett. I see I, right through but, it, but let's but see But I support both say. of those things. I'm, I'm for <laughs> both of those things. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Wow. Whew. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. Josh, you're gonna make a little nice social media post with the clowns of the week, and you're gonna name yourself in there. You're gonna write your own name. I have down. to. It has to be authentic, Garrett. It's to. for okay. the people. Over yeah. to you, Bella. And please, if it is also Josh, I'm I'm just gonna die. <laughs> you have to match that rant, though. You just can't save me. You have to go on a nice rant, like at least forty seconds. Oh, I don't know if I can go on a rant, so I don't know if I'm gonna match it. But I do have to throw a rookie who I was with at Dalhousie under the bus. This past weekend, it was the first weekend of Team Nova Scotia tryouts. I was away in BC, so I wasn't there. But that poor girl, very talkative before practice, doesn't talk during practice, but man, does she talk before practice. They're setting up the net. Dan Oda's our head coach. Allie gets put in timeout while setting up the net because she's talking too much. She's the only one setting up the net, but she's distracting everybody else just because she talks too much. So she had to stand in the corner in front of all of her Team Nova Scotia players and by Dan Oda's blessing, be in timeout. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so who's the clown of the week there? The uh, player or Dan Oda, the coach? Ooh, it could be the coach. It could be Dan Oda, but I don't know if I can say that. Uh, you can. Like, you can go yeah. both if you want. I mean, Josh does it all the time. <laughs> Maybe we take it to a vote then. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, why did you bring these two in? They're changing the format. They're chirping you. They're everything's. <laughs> these two, I, they go hard out east. Eh? I guess so. I, yeah, I'll vote. I'll vote for the coach there. You put a player in timeout. Are you kidding me? First day? They were the first day. Crazy, right? The, no. the assistant coaches came up to her and asked, are you in timeout right now? And she was like, I guess I am. Like, she was standing in the corner. She couldn't do anything. <laughs> I, for listeners, there's, a, there's, a, there's an exper- a, a myriad of emotions that is happening on our faces right now. Luke, are you hearing that for the first time? No, I was actually there. So their their tryouts were what? right before and right right after ours at the Canada Game Center this past weekend. So I also I also know Ali quite well, uh, the one who was put in timeout. Um, me, Ali, and Bella have actually played <laughs> together every every summer since we were twelve, and I, I'm on Ali as clown of the week because I just think I think she's a clown, but. Oh, gosh, Luke is not pulling any punches this episode, and I'm here for it. But, oh, my gosh, but come on. You're putting an adult in timeout. Like, just <laughs> that statement is a whole clown environment. I don't think it's doing wonders for helping Josh's argument here. Like, we got people being put in timeout on the first day for the Canada Games team out east. Like, what are we doing, Nova Scotia? And how distracted could you really be? You're putting up a net. You can talk while setting up a net, can't you? Yeah, That's like thinking. clown everybody else. Like, yeah, they're all 12 others standing around the pole at the same time. Who is she distracting? <laughs> what, what, a, what, you, you better get in there, Bella, and wrangle that situation because it sounds like it's an absolute gong show over there. Who knows? Maybe I'll be putting time out. Maybe yeah, you better be careful, out. it sounds like. You better watch out. <laughs> you talk too much, you're going to time out. Unbelievable. 
Wow. I think if you're talking volleyball, you're pretty safe, right? If you're talking about the recent Pass and Dimes podcast, if you're talking about how you're going to run the pipe that day. No, no. I think if you're Denver talking about the recent fine. Pass and Dimes podcast, you're immediately in timeout in my gym. If you're talking about sharp cuts, you're, you're, getting, you're starting. You're getting all the balls that 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 day. But yeah, I, I, I also don't agree. Like, when is it acceptable to put a player in timeout? To be honest, I do think it was kind of a joke thing with Dan oh. that he knows Allie quite well. Oh, and so it was like a, it was like a funny thing. It may have been a funny thing. It may not have been. I wasn't there. Well, I, you were there, Luke. Was it a funny thing? I think it's hilarious because it's Allie. Like, I think I love it. And Bella will agree with me there. Like, I think it's just like, I know Dan probably thought it was hilarious, but he did. I, I believe there's some, some seriousness involved in it. To be honest, I think he wanted one of the nets set up pretty fast. And uh, I think he thinks that without Allie, it, it might go up a little bit faster. So I think there's some, some method to his madness there. Okay, don't mess with Big D, I guess. Uh, Mr. Mr. Oda, sorry. Mr. Oda, I don't want to get put in timeout. Um, okay, I mean, what an absolute roller coaster of players of the week and clowns of the week, Josh. I mean, I'm not. I, we should have people from out east on here more often. They got great stories, it sounds like. I think we can find some middle ground where maybe we'll just get like the former AUS MVPs who are all from Ontario so they can talk about Odie's, but they have more in common with me like being from Ontario. Josh Josh is on tilt right now. I can feel it. <laughs> Josh is affected and I'm here for it, Josh. Okay, moving on. Let's move on to an actual topic that we'll be able to definitely settle and is not going to cause any sort of rifts on this show. Um, we're talking about what's the most important position in indoor volleyball. Um, is it the setter? Is it the middle? Is it the libero? Is it the outside hitters? Because um, I know you two obviously have, you know, may have some opinions on that. I don't know what position you both play, but uh, it can't be the same thing, probably, unlikely. So just get your thoughts on what the most important position in volleyball is. Luke, do you want to take this one? <sighs> Yeah, uh, you can hand it off to me for start. Um, so, yeah, most important on the game, I think the center should <laughs> touch the ball more than every other player. So I think uh, I think a great setter can make bad hitters uh, very good, and I think a bad setter can make good hitters very bad. Um, so... It's it's really tough to say, but I just do I really do think setters can make or break a game, arguably more than other positions. Interesting. Rebuttal. What are the two most important contacts in volleyball? No. What are they? Uh pass. Well, serve, serve pass the most important part of game, any yeah. game. So serving and passing, right? I would agree. Yeah, I think we can all agree that serving and passing are the most important parts of the game. We're all nodding here for our listeners. Um, yeah, and how many of those does the setter do? One. Hmm. Okay. So, uh... Good setters turn... Like, good setters <laughs> set bad passes, right? Like, I think... I, I still think the balls, like I, I get what you're trying to say, but a good setter, it like 
makes passers look good just like they make hitters good, look good. And uh, like all respect to, to passers, hitters, uh, middles, like blockers, like whatever. But I just, I, I think if a setter wanted to throw a game, they could a lot easier than a left side could throw a game or a right side. Like it's a, a really interesting logic, angle to take. I think anybody can win the game, like bring it up. But I like, I mean, personally as a setter, I could go and just double touch every ball or not run for any ball. You want to? Whereas like if I notice, like if a hitter just wants to throw a game, and I like, oh, I'm like, oh, he missed two balls in a row. I'm just like not going back to him. How are the listeners not on my side by now, Garrett? He's picked up that the Quebec is in the in the Maritimes now. He's arguing their national championships. Now he's arguing which position could throw a game easier. Listeners, comment below. I have to be winning by now. Well, hey, don't talk to our listeners that way, Josh. I mean, we got to respect the audience here, and Luke is one of them. So show some respect, Josh. But uh, I, I think you know what I like. I was set. But that argument is swaying me a little bit because... Who could throw a game? Well, like, because think about it. Like, then what's the most important? Like, if if your setter made every mistake possible, you'd lose. Like, it's a weird way to think about it. And it's effective, but I don't think uh, it's going to... So, well, so Josh, then, you want to win this one. What position is the most important? Outside hitters. He's talking about total contacts, but you're not talking about the value of each contact. So passing and outside hitters get the most volume and they control sorry. what? Kills. Sorry. They control sorry, kills, Garrett. And what do you need to win games in indoor volleyball? You need kills. Like left side. So, yeah. So eventually good setters just kind of get washed out. Like it is an important position to a point and then it levels out where outside hitters keep increasing their value because they keep earning points. What does that say? You're here. You're here for the volleyball. Absolutely. They That's lead to my, an outcome stat, where setters my. lead to a subjective stat, where it's like, oh, is that a good set? Was that a bad set? Very good stands out. Very bad stands out. And then there's a, like 85% in the middle. So I'm going the outside hitter has All more right. influence on winning or losing. We're split here, Bella. You want to help us out? Oh, well, I'm not biased at all. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Go, I'd have to go with setters as well. Just the volume of balls that you're setting. You have to make the decisions. I could set left side on 30 balls and maybe they get two points. Why would I set left side 30 balls in a row if they're scoring two points when I can set my middle and they're effective 50% of the time? Or my right side, they're effective maybe 30% of the time. So it's making those those decisions, opening up your net, running your offense. I think in the setter position, you just have to think so much about volleyball. You're kind of the messenger. Like your pass is like the message, the message. And maybe it's a bad pass. You have to send a good message out to your hitters so they're getting a good ball so they can hit. Like you're kind of the middle ground. You decide what happens. So you're obviously both setters then, right? Yeah. So how much do you think you can influence the hitting percentage of your team by setting well? I think you can impact it a lot. It comes down to a lot of game planning and decision-making in the moment, adapting to what's happening in the game. I think a big part of it comes down to what the other team's middle blocker is doing. Because if you're opening up one-on-one, you're making a lot of opportunities for, like what Josh was saying, left sides and outside hitters to look good. If they have four hands against them every time, they're surely not going to be as efficient if they have two hands against them. I mean, maybe the best will be just as good, but... If you want to make the players who aren't as good look good, you're going to want to give them opportunities to score. 
Okay. You know, I'm so... glad you brought that up, Garrett. I'm getting a little tired of the setters talking about how complex and how detailed they get with their offense. Bella, I have your box score from your quarterfinal and nationals in front of me. Uh, what position does Julie Moore play? Left side. Yeah, 20 attempts. What position does Kathleen uh, play? Left side. Yeah, so she hit 43 and she got 10 attempts, which was the second most on your team. Uh, the Julia, who got, uh, Julie, excuse me, not Julia, 20 attempts hit 214. Uh, Grace hit 500 that game, but you only found her six times. That's kind of interesting that you went against your own philosophy there. It's almost like the outsides, no matter what you're doing, even if the setter's trying to be so tricky and so tactical, Garrett, the volume still goes through the outside hitter. It does, and that will occasionally come down to a pass, but if you're a good enough setter and you get a decent pass, you can force it middle. And also, is the middle going to be as, efe- as efficient if they get 20 balls? Oh, sorry, Garrett. I was reading the kills line, not total attempts. Julie got 56 attempts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just checking the season stats for a little bit more of an aggregated look. Grace hit uh, 500 on 10 attempts. I mean, 10's pretty good, but 56? Pretty big influence on the game. I don't know. In four sets? Well, but hold on. But hold on. Did you win or lose that game? We lost that game. And do you think seven attempts? But do you think you played well as a team? No, you. I think I was playing right side that game. (laughs) Okay, well, Josh. Then what are you trying? What are you trying to say here? I picked the wrong game, but the fact is here, we've had Tom Sora, we've had Zane, and now we have Bella talking about setters and the intricacies of the game, and we got to overload, and we got to run the offense, and we do all this stuff. The fact is the outside hitter is still getting over 40 attempts a game. But you know what? Setters are the volleyball people. Like, setters are like the people who who, who live and breathe volleyball. Are like They're the ones, right? Like, think about all the setters. They're the core volleyball people. Like, they're committed. So, I mean, valuable to the sport as a whole... I mean, I'm surprised neither of you have tried to make that argument to say that, hey, our sport, volleyball, what position is most valuable? Well, it's the setters because they, they're they the ones doing all the shows, doing all the talk. The one the most invested really are the setters, at least I've found. I mean, I don't know if we can have any stats on that, but I assume that's our experience, right? Everybody, who's the most volleyball people you know? They probably set. Yeah, that's probably yeah, <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. the most volleyball person that I know was Michael Denton. I mean, I played with Mike. He was my setter on my club team, and he was just committed, all in for volleyball, loved it, competitive guy, awesome dude, setter. Like, played setter. I mean, compared to me, who I'm guy spouting off random stuff, kind of lazy, I don't play anymore. <laughs> I don't coach anymore. What did I play? Outside hitter. Josh, what did you play? I was an outside hitter as well. That's another weird argument. There's been a lot of weird arguments on this show. Well, yeah. Like, what do you expect? We're talking. We're talking with so if we say the biggest weirdos in baseball are the back catcher, does that make the catcher the most valuable player on a baseball field? Well, if they're the weirdest, like, no, they're the weirdest. But if they're the biggest fans or they're, they're the, the Michael Denton of baseball. Well, I, I guess in baseball, do the people who stick around in baseball really make the sport? No, there's like millions of fans who go and watch the game. We don't really have that in volleyball, right? I mean, if we did, we'd be talking a different story because then we may be talking whose stuff, whose like good actions is the most entertaining because that would be the most important to the sport because that's what people come to watch, right? 
I want to see people throw a game. I want to see Luke next year just setting doubles or setting balls into the front row just so we know what's up. Just so he can prove his influence on the game, Garrett, I want him setting balls into the balcony. You know what? If either of you two throw a game next year, you'll have proved your point to us. <laughs> you will have proved your point. I will I will relent. <laughs> no? yeah, I'll, I'll see about that. Uh, before I do that, though, I do want to say, you know, I, I've, been, I've been hired on, on Josh today. But I actually did appreciate his argument. I'm not going to switch because I have like a pretty big backbone. Like, but I thought it was uh, very, very well said, and I, I do kind of a, I agree in the the sense that like yeah, like it is a it is a point scoring game, and you know Julie Moore's getting 56 attempts to to score points, and that is a huge thing. Um, not not sure it's enough to to sway me either way, but. Uh, I, I uh, definitely, definitely agree with that and acknowledge yeah, it sounds that. like Dalhousie had a really tough strategy, Garrett. Did they want to set Julie 55 times or 50 times? Like, that's what really the game it's plan came down to. It's a tough choice. No, it's yeah, a really yeah. tough choice. And you got to credit the person making that choice. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, she also had four digs per set, which is insane. So, I mean, I, she, I mean, she deserves it. Congrats. Player of the week, Julie. I mean, awesome. Um, you know who's somebody we can all agree to hate on, though? No, no one refs. <laughs> I like we. What do you? What you don't hate the refs, Josh? No, I think our, our sport would be pretty terrible without them. I would just be arguing calls through the net with you the whole time. Actually, that's a great point. So it does. It does. Uh, interesting though, because I I did want to talk about refs a little bit. Because when we get indoor, I feel like we don't include the refs enough in our discussion and consider them. But I am curious about two things. We'll start with the first. Where did I write it down? Um, I don't know about you guys, but have you found there's like a bit of an attitude with refs? Like they show up and there's like a, a bit of a like a bit of a presence, like a bit of a, you know, a, a kind of a uniform thing. Like everybody's got to be this way. It's like very serious and like very, you know, focused and no kind of like involvement or rapport. Do you guys get that impression? I've been around refs who are like that. And I've also been around refs that very much aren't like that. Well, what are they and like if they're not like that? I don't... It's very almost relaxed. What? Um, yeah. And I feel like it almost does need to have that level of profession, professional business. Wait, wait what? Um, really? Yes. Like, so out east, you got refs who are relaxed and not professional wait. enough? I'm, I'm saying I have had... At least one ref at some point years and years ago. Wow. I was probably in like. I was really getting excited, Josh, because I was about yeah. to crown them the best division right there for that. But it sounds like we can't do that. So. No, I'd say our refs are pretty professional out here overall, but you do eventually come across exceptions. Right, but and why does professional mean like stone faced, serious, no rapport, kind of uh, not not fun, you know? Like, are they having fun? No. I would say that in a way they are. Like, with us being out east, we do know the refs. Like, we can oh. go up to refs after games and just have a casual conversation. What? Or, like, yeah, at least you I do. Have, yeah, I have refs who I'll go up to when I see them at a tournament, have a conversation, ask them how they're doing, just because they've refed so many games, they know who you are, you know who they are. I mean, maybe not out on in Ontario or Canada West, where you might have a different ref every game, 
<laughs> but here in Nova Scotia, at least, I know a lot of the refs. And well, when I played, we saw the same refs over and over again, and it was like, don't, don't, don't even look at them. Like, don't make eye contact. Like, stay away from them because it gets pretty heated. And if you, you know, I don't know. Is that is that like a a, a Western Canada thing, like an Ontario thing, or because that would be nice. I think we definitely know them better here on the East Coast. Like, uh, I kind of get what Bella's saying. Like, I definitely know their names and, and we'll talk to them afterwards. But I also very much agree with you that I think when we get to the gym, there's a, a professional standpoint that they like, they run the show and are a part of the game, like a huge part. And I, I struggle with that because I think like, I, the best games, the best ref games are the ones where you don't really notice the ref. Um, but I, and I think sometimes they definitely do get too involved. And I mean, it's definitely gone, gone the way of which where like when I was younger, my conversations uh, were probably with refs were a little different than Bella's. I'm sure after games where I was like you and I couldn't really hide my eyes. Cause of course, like I knew them, they knew me, but they'd, they'd come up instead of the like, Hey Luke, like, how are you? It was Luke, man, we get that you love the game and you're super intense but you can't be saying like just because i i'd get into it with them and uh they'd get into it with me and i think good let them know like i don't know i don't love the involvement sometimes with rest i i don't have the uh the best history i'm doing a lot better these days but uh i definitely agree with you that sometimes i think they they are way too elite in the way they present themselves Thank you. Thank you. Especially when they're calling you on doubles when you're trying to throw the game. Like, like obviously, exactly, they man. need to hold that line. So, wait, are we saying then that the that the most important position in volleyball is the ref? Because they could throw the game? Oh, if I'm trying to fix a game, I'm going at the ref, not at the setter. That's your mistake, Josh. The refs are infallible, <laughs> it sounds like. The setters you can get to. Um, so, the other question I wanted to ask on the refs is, um, do you guys find... I don't know the answer that refs ref the men's game and the women's game differently. Hard to say because I haven't played both. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> More um, city. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, how, like what would qualify as playing both? Like if I played with a bunch of women, does that mean I've played both? I would say so. If you went, in a tournament with a team, like let's say you went with a women's team, then maybe you'd be able to judge that better. But unless you're doing that often, I feel like it's hard to judge. So when you guys play a back-to-back, -back, is it typical that like one official's up, one official's down, and then for the next match, whether it's men or women, they switch places? Like you wouldn't have the same official twice. So that'd be the really only way we could judge it, Garrett, I think is if you had the same up official two matches in a row where uh, I think it is pretty typical that each ref works one up and one down. But Oh, but you can get a sense, right? Like you see what so. kind of calls are being made. Like are they calling doubles tighter on the women or the men are they like you know watching the net touches differently like is there a lot more net touches in women's like do we do we see that stuff do we pay attention to that stuff or because like um i know i remember chatting with some of the refs like trying to argue with them on some rules which is something i regularly did um they, i mean i used to have beach refs tell me on hand digs for example in the beach that they're in their minds it is different 
The men, it has to be headed downwards, and the women, it just has to be headed at least straight or downwards for you to be able to hand dig it and it be legally a hand dig, which kind of shocked me because I was like, wait a minute. So do we actually have a different rule set for the men and women, or is it just this is how we're the refs are generally applying this? I'm curious if you guys saw anything similar. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I thought um, this year, like, in the men's game, they were definitely stricter um, on like Oda Oda system balls that that people were setting, but I, I don't know how that compares to the the women's game. I, like I'm really not sure. Same with we saw like at the the last Olympics in the men's game, like the power tips getting getting called a lot more. But I also don't like the power tips not as big in the women's game, from my understanding. Am I correct on that? Yeah. I don't know. If you watch UFT women, you see a lot of power tips, so I'm not sure about that. I'd say as you move up levels and girls are jumping higher, you will start to see it more. But in younger levels, it's less common just because girls aren't touching over 10-6. Yeah, okay. So we've come all this way. We've had some debate. And I ask a question, and we've reached a point where we have a question that's very difficult to answer. So, I mean, I'm, I'm taking a full W there, Josh. Unless you, you you got a thoughtful comment? You want us to pick a fight with the refs? We've already had enough conflict. Do you want us to start going at the refs? That that was my plan. Uh, absolutely was trying to stir the pot. I mean, I, it was a clear success with you. I mean, setting you up this episode. I mean, that worked out pretty well. Uh, I was planning to hit the refs. Why? I just think the the professionalism might come from the appeal, right? So when you're done playing and you want to stay involved, like do you join coaching or officiating? And I think officiating would be, it's a job, like you get paid to do it. And I think there's expectations, there's a dress code, there's all that stuff. So uh, I think just the layers of maybe why somebody gets involved is maybe why that stuff appeals to them and, and like the need for power. I think they have the need for power where, uh, oh, Luke, I've offended, he just left the show. But Garrett, other than like maybe some refs now hearing that as a coach, you can put people in timeout. Maybe that's going to increase the number of coaches we have in our community because that is serious power. If you can put an athlete in timeout, that has to be better than calling somebody on a double. Like I, I, I have to agree. So if you're a ref out there and you like to get the power trip out of calling people on doubles and nets, go be a coach and just put them in timeout instead. You'll get way more bang for your buck on that. Even when they're just setting up the net, that must have been like not even in practice. That was five minutes before practice. He's already like flexing the power. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm hoping it was a joke because I, I can't wait for <laughs> the next time I see Dan Oda and maybe I'm putting a timeout. Who knows? Maybe okay, so, there'll be five of us in timeout after well, setting up the net. You got to attempt a flex and put him in timeout and see if it works. Like, what's the dynamic there? Does he rebuttal with a timeout order? Like, no, you go to timeout. No, the thing is, I'll show up in a ref uniform too, just to flex my power, and, <laughs> and I'll put him in timeout, pull out the red card. I mean, the card, okay. the card is key there. He gets a red card and a timeout, but it's only meaningful if he accepts it, because he's the coach, <laughs> but also it's only meaningful if you accept it. But he's paid, that would be an interesting dynamic. We'll have to have you back to tell us how that went. Because yeah. I'm really curious to see. Hopefully no. she wants to come back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we, we, well, and and thanks for coming back, Luke. I mean, it's incredibly unprofessional to drop out of the call and then hop back in. It's way more editing that this guy's going to have to do to get the, no, I'm just kidding. So we're nearing the end. And when we get to the end of this, uh, this show, I usually like to ask, hey, how did it go? How did you think it went? And uh, so I'll do that now. 
Bella, you hop up first. Yeah, sure. I thought it was great to chirp Josh a little bit, get into him, get him going. Um, <laughs> um, what was the clown of the week? That's, is that a first for you? No. Exactly no. No? no? It's, oh, well, yeah, just, I've given him a few, and you've given a self clown of the week a few times, I feel like. It's important to should, laugh at yourself, you know? Should we keep yeah, score of clown of the week, Josh? <laughs> I might be on the high end of the leaderboard. I think what you do is you have people comment how many times they think you've been clown of the week. Yeah, but well, nobody That's will comment. Like, that, that could be a trivia question, Garrett. Have I won more clowns of the week than a native AUS athlete has won MVP? Like, have more Nova Scotia athletes won the MVP of the AUS men's division, or have I won more clown of the week? Because by the time you take out Jeff Wheeler and Brian Ducat and Jason Derpanier and Terry Martin, it's getting pretty down there. Well, that, would, that is a great over-under. Is Josh's clown of the week total over or under the native AUS MVPs? It's probably a pretty similar number. Anyway, how did you think it went, Luke? Um, I thought pretty good. I uh, I definitely should have known that there would have been some some East Coast slander. Uh, you weren't expecting that. No, I was, but I, I, I don't know. Why I was just like it was so nonchalant. I really should have, you know, done some, done some hard notes to to really <laughs> go back at Josh. And I, I I didn't have my textbook out. I didn't didn't have that stuff. But uh, you know, d- despite that and what, uh, obviously I uh, am never for the East Coast slander. But uh, despite that, it's it's really fun, really cool. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, respect like the east coast but obviously once again like we don't get this opportunity a, a whole lot so it's it's really cool for like a nova scotian like kid and if, to to be on here like i'm pretty i'm pretty pumped uh really really fun and obviously i've listened to a few so uh, i like that i think i uh i gotta prep a little better and dano actually said on the meeting on monday i needed to work on my presentation skills so i got a great opportunity to do that um no, it was, it was really fun, and, you know, four guys talking about, or guys is gender neutral, but to me, but, uh, you know, four people. You know what? Um, I'll stop you right there, Luke, because we're riding high, and we're not going to get any higher than we've reached at this point with that really thoughtful comment is this that you peak? said just there. It was super sweet and nice, and we're not going to get any higher. We're only going to ruin it. Normally, I'd say, let's go for another 10 minutes and just really take this into the trash but we had a great episode so i'm glad it was it was fun um thank you guys so much for joining us really appreciate it uh players of the week to you for joining us that was awesome and rolling with the hits here normally people fold up completely um but uh not you guys this time so appreciate that thank you all so much for listening and watching if you're still there comment down below hit us up with some freaking comments like give us something to talk about like we're just chirping each other here at least chirp us or whatever give us something to work with um and that'll do it for this one so thank you guys so much and we will see you next time.